I have bid the waters be silent. Mm. Shaking my fist at Z. That was brilliant. If anyone ever asks you what hubris means, link them here. episode seven of season two of the electronic wireless show rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast with a fish body count it turns out (laughs) (laughs) how many fish died to bring you this podcast every week because nate has to turn off some of the stuff in his aquarium (laughs) this week we're going to talk about launches but before we get to that let's do the traditional how are yous so uh james how you doing i didn't even my name's alice bell and I'm joined this week by James and Nate. <laughs> <laughs> this is a shambles. <laughs> James, how are you doing? I'm 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 very well, thank you, Alice. Good, good. Have you been up too much over the last week? Yeah, fair bit. Um, not allowed to talk about much fix and and under the old embargoes. Okay. I've also kind of staring blankly at my Steam account, waiting to get a, a finals of well, the finals um, beta invite. Um, oh, yeah. Which never actually came, and then just Ollie had a spare one, so I yanked that. No, oh, no nice. So next, next, next week there's going to be some some of the finals chat. Love it, love it. It sounds like a, a Netflix reality TV show, you know? Oh where, yeah, like, like um, uh, the, what was the what was one what was the one you 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 recommended the the other week? The mole, the mole. The m- I'm sure, I recommended that. With like the really polite trash talk. Oh, yeah, the f- yeah Physical 100 is brilliant. I'm now obsessed yeah. with that, that, as you'll discover in the Tower of Jocularity. Brilliant, oh. okay. And Nate, on that note, how are you this week? Just been watching a lot of very fit people be very polite to each other. It's so good, isn't it? If we could all be that nice to one another all the time, that respectful. Yeah, having to destroy simulacra of our own bodies if we fail... It's such a it's, mentally rational universe. I love it. <laughs> certainly motivating, isn't it? It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I've, I'll, I'll talk a bit more about this later. But I've, uh, a lot of this week has been um, I've started a Horizon Zero Dawn playthrough with my daughter uh, after um, after I was reminded actually by James how much I love it, uh, hey. and that has been hilarious. Um, she she does think Aloy's really cool, but who she thinks is even cooler is Big Joe, which is her name for the robot horse that we ride around yes! on. Yes! <laughs> Big Joe! Well, originally there was Little Joe, but Little Joe died, and then we got one of those like robot bulls, the broadheads. Oh, um, yeah. And that is Big Joe, and she's drawn pictures of Big Joe. 
she's dug out a little um that's very like, cute rudolph antlers headband from christmas <laughs> and it's running around the house saying big joe <laughs> and headbutting like imaginary machines it's very cool. I never thought, you know, <laughs> I never thought that, that is, would be her sort of focus for empathy, but it's cool. That is outstanding. <laughs> that is great. That's also like, it could be her being a robot, could also be her pro wrestling persona, you know? 50-50. <laughs> She's an extremely small girl for her age as well, so Big Joe is an even better persona. <laughs> Oh God, that's Big Joe's music. <laughs> Big Joe. Oh, what? I, I presume you already have an idea of what your wrestling persona would be, Nate. Um, yeah, I'd be the thick man of Europe. Of course, yeah. Like with two C's. I think that that'd be a very good name. Haven't quite worked out what the gimmick would be. <laughs> but name like, first, name first, yeah. Yeah, I guess like sort of uh, early 20th century ennui. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you could do your trash talk in 27 different languages. That's it, yes. I'd have or in Esperanto. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That's it. Persona. Sorted. Um, I wish I could say I've been up to much this week, but I haven't. I, uh, I, I, one thing, it's just very boring. Everything that was broken in my house got fixed. So the, oh. yeah, which is that great. That sounded like a, a beneficial spell has been cast on your house. Well, it, it, honestly, it felt like we were cursed because we've been living here for about a year and then sort of the last couple of months, everything started going wrong. So the washing machine broke, the boiler broke, and then the uh, tap in the kitchen broke, like both both the taps. So um, there was one point where uh, we couldn't turn the heating on and also had the water off because otherwise water was just pissing out of the tap the whole time um, and couldn't wash any clothes. So we were really stinky households. <laughs> so did you like disinter some desecrated human remains to lift this this blight or have you done uh, anything that you think might might have lifted the curse? I don't think so. I wish I could say, yeah. I mean, I do feed the crows locally but um, oh well there you go my maybe, the, maybe the maybe the smell just happens to be the favored scent of um like a friendly house spirit maybe well the friendly house spirit sure. in this case is called jerry and <laughs> 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 a man with an indecipherable cork accent it's the first time that i've not been able to understand someone when they were talking me to me since living in ireland but my partner did say i think it was just because he talks without opening his mouth so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not my fault but he came round and, and fixed it. Speaking without opening your mouth is a very spirit thing to do, isn't it? He came round and fixed things. So oh, cool. yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, you've definitely got a supernatural incursion in your life there. Congrats. Yeah. yeah, but we've been able to put a wash on, so got, you know. Swings and roundabouts. Clean socks. What, you know, what more can you want? <laughs> oh, I just <laughs> discovered, like, 18 pairs of socks that three Christmases ago I'd put in, like, a random carrier bag. And I found them last week and it's been, oh, I've been like some sort of post-apocalyptic looter reveling in the joy of all these fresh socks I didn't know I owned. There are so many, like what, I feel like if we went into all the questions I have from that statement, <laughs> that would be a whole whole podcast. <laughs> like, did, like, had you replaced all the socks? Were you, did you know, were you like 
sure I had more socks than this. For real, yeah. I was like, oh, my socks are already ratty and old. I swear, like, I was gifted many new socks at one point, but I guess it can't have happened. <laughs> oh, God. And then you just put the socks in the bag and we're like, that, that's great. I've got new socks. I'll wear them. Yeah. For now, I'll put them in this bag. Yeah, at some point, I'll put them in the sock drawer where they can provide some benefit to me. Oh, God. Well, I suppose you could say that the socks had a bad launch into your life. Well done. <laughs> That's good. This week, uh, we're going to talk about launches because there are a couple of news stories this week. First is... What's for launch, on. Alice? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Interrupting me with a bad pun that you thought of 10 seconds too late. <laughs> you people. Um, so SimCity, the, uh, developer, some of the developers have spoken to Cheery RPS fanzine uh, PC Gamer um, about what happened with the 2013 incarnation of SimCity, which, uh, as Graham notes in the news story about it, it had a terrible italicized launch because it was always online uh, even if you were playing alone in single player and you'd be booted from the game if your internet or SimCity servers went down uh, and the servers went down a lot especially in the first few days because a lot of people were logging on um, lead designer Stone Lebrand Lebrande, what a great name wow. describes the, the launch, imagine being called Stone, I hope he's a vampire hunter as well I hope he has brothers called Scissors and... <laughs> <laughs> and they have a really, really, really Paper. confusing pecking order. Mm. Uh, he described the launch as heartbreaking. Um, at the time, EA's Lucy Bradshaw said the online connectivity was a creative game design decision. Uh, but now it seems pretty clear that it was because it was a very pirated series uh the brand Stone, our pal Stone, said one of the ways to uh, make it unpiratable uh, is to keep a lot of the data on the server so there's nothing really to hack. And if you do hack your own copy of it, then you start to be validated by the servers. At the same time, Origin was quite new. So the motivation was to make SimCity online and push it to use Origin, says Ocean Quigley. The... <laughs> I am this sorry. Is, this is like, These you aren't know, real men. You know that tweet that's like a Japanese baseball game? That like <laughs> like Stog, Stog Ranford, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Oh my God. Like, Ocean Quigley, that's God tier. Absolutely. I'm in awe. That's amazing. Um, but it was sort of a, a series killer, I guess, uh, as as Graham notes in the article, because we haven't had a new SimCity since then. And that's 10 year ago now. Um, so both both men left Maxis soon after the, uh, the release. Then uh, this week, we also had uh, Squeenix saying uh, Forspoken, uh, which launched uh, a couple of months ago, I want to say. How, what is time? Um, Forspoken, which is the Isekai uh, kind of action-adventure game, uh, it said, uh, reviews of Forspoken have been challenging, says the financial report, and its sales <laughs> have been lacklustre. 
The report notes that Forspoken received positive feedback on its action features, including its parkour and combat capabilities, so it has yielded results that will lead to improvement of our development in other games in the future. That said, its sales have been lacklustre, and while the performance of new titles with February and March release dates will be the ultimate determinant, we see considerable downside risk to our financial year 2023 earnings. Um, Mind if I have just a really basic take on that? Mm. Take away. It just strikes me as immediately sad that they're talking about a piece of art rather than, like, cattle feed. Yeah. I I know that's a real sort of bargain basement, whoa, have you ever looked at your hands take, but... (laughs) Yeah, it just strikes me as really depressing that they're not talking about some sort of, like, feed pellet in that report, but, like, something people have have put their hearts into. It's just really sad. Well, I think that's kind of the the way most studios make their de- decisions now and i've you know in my review my review was probably a challenging one uh but i did say i wanted a sequel where they do everything better but they probably won't do it now you know because because it underperformed uh, oh yeah no- nothing wrong with like you know people having acknowledged it was it was well rubbish but it's the way they talk about like yes we'll take this into account uh, for future formulas yeah, it, it's really weird. Yeah. It's like they were talking about, you know, just something where you can change the the ratio of various ingredients rather than, you know, well, a story. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and there was another another story recently as well. This is I don't know if this counts as a launch launch, but uh, we've got a new story here by someone called Jams Usher saying oh, something, I hate is, that guy. something is oh, yeah. terribly wrong with the Outer World Spaces Choice Edition's PC performance because uh, it's a, a remaster of the Outer Worlds, the single-player sort of space RPG obsidian job uh, that we talked about uh, before on the podcast, but it turns out that it's shit. <laughs> it is. James, it, can, you, can you give some more info? It, it is shit. It, it, it looks better in places, but the, uh, the performance, yeah, the performance is absolutely dismal. Um, so, something like a, a hardware and settings combination that would get you like 70 FPS now gets you about 30-ish. Um, and it's not other than the fact that there are apparently some high-res textures in there, not really apparent why. Um, they've actually said they're going to release a patch this week um, that's supposed to address some of these, but it, like, yeah, I can't comprehend how they could make it like perform at the at the level you'd expect it to, given how it looks. So you because reckon when- that's too much optimization for one one easy fix? I think uh, there, there are so, there are some problems which you can patch out, like um, maybe they could smooth out some of the stuttering and uh, uh, maybe not actually. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be um, not challenging, as a, as, <laughs> as, as Squeenix would say. But uh, yeah, it's a. It's just God. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. It's a shame because when I spoke to them, they were like, "This is going to be a billion FPS. It's going to be oh, great." Yeah, they said it was going to be like 4K 60 FPS. I like how? <laughs> how? I've got I've got like a 950 quid graphics card here that won't do like 
above 40 fps on ultra settings at 4k and it's oh, how it, uh, it's yeah um i i've seen someone say that most of the remaster and this new kind of port is credited to virtuous virtuous who's yeah, sort of I'm, I'm, oh, I'm not sure i'm not sure how to pronounce it it's, uh, yeah in doing so it's it's kind of sort of not obsidian who've done all of the work on it i guess but it's the uh, was the, it was it not obsidian staff you spoke to yeah it was yeah so i'm not really sure because they were like the art department has, has done loads of new assets and stuff so it'd be i would like to know what the kind of division that there is yeah um It'd be a bit weird to get like an outside studio to come in and basically not change the art style, but like quite drastically change the aesthetic. Yeah, because the, yeah. the you know the changes to the lighting, especially, are significant. The big not on the, the air. not to the point where they should like wreck performance, but it it does yeah it it does look quite different. Yeah, um, I'm uh, not sure. Got... I'm not sure how the, the like original art department would maybe feel uh, if they like weren't involved at all. Mm, and you've got some good side by side pictures on the the news post, which I will link. But it's in like the gap between what they were saying it would be and what it is is vast. <laughs> trying to find a not challenging word, <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about yeah launches and bad launches, and you know how games live or die on them and that sort of cycle now because like you said Nate it's you know while our, my job and you know James's job is to kind of you know tear into these things a little bit sometimes if, if evaluate evaluate yeah <laughs> fairly evaluate these things they are also pieces of you know art that people have put a lot of time into and it's uh, it's it, when you think about how you know years of work can just vanish because of a bad first couple of weeks. It's a bit saddening, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's often due to things that are, you know, this is this is why sort of you know big post-launch patches, I, I think, is a a bit of a bad road to be going down because. So often the damage is done on first impressions. Um, I, I remember one that sticks out for me. Do you remember Black and White? Yeah. Um, with the big, big orangutans that you could like bully into being good or evil. Um, yeah. That you know that was so so hyped, and you know it was it was a Molyneux game, and um, you know the hype hype's a big thing there, isn't it? But I. When that released, I put a good 72 hours into really trying to, to love it for all it had the potential to be. But there were just there were some really basic design errors that just stopped it being much fun. And that was, of course, in the days for, before you could do a big patch. Um, I'm pretty sure, sort of late 90s. Uh, and, and yeah, after those 72 hours, I never went back to it, even though there were some really, really good things mechanically in that game it was just just off when it came out and i think everyone had the same experience with it and for the hype it had at the time it's amazing to see how it's just disappeared did you feel like you were kind of like justifying to yourself why you should keep playing 
Yeah, absolutely. Because there was all this sort of, you know, sort of emergent behavior stuff that could apparently come out of it with your citizens interacting with your big beast or with other kingdoms and stuff. And I wanted to see all of those cool things that I knew it could do, but it was just sitting through an awful lot of sludge to get to see those clever little bits. Mm. Mm. It's it's a difficult one because you want like you want to give stuff a fair shake, but also, you know, as a consumer, video games are quite expensive. Mm. Do you know? It's yeah. and and you have limited time and stuff. So it's a, a you know, a, I guess I sort of struggle sometimes with like how complicit are we in the, <laughs> in the, the failure of art. Um, uh, but there have been some. So recently, uh, I reviewed the Callista Protocol, which is that uh, sort of neo dead space, gory, you know, mutants in in space um, right. business, and that was uh, terrible at launch. It was uh, to do with, I believe, the. Um, uh, basically there's a lot of stuff in the air like there's smoke and a lot of like um, uh, fire and light and loads of stuff and and just the I think it's the compiling or something that meant that the the first time something happened in the game which obviously happens a lot on your first playthrough uh, it just stuttered and kind of slowed down and, and snagged yeah, um, yeah. so some really wonky animation uh the men it just didn't run at all well uh i think it had problems beyond that as well but it was borderline unplayable on the pc which is why they sent out ps5 code to review and they only sent out pc code sort of the day before because they were hoping to <laughs> minimize oh <my> <laughs> it's never a good sign when you don't get pc code i'll be honest um so that was a a tough one um how easy do you think it is these days to determine between this is fundamentally busted and this is busted in in a in a way that might not be relevant in a week's time once they've patched it? It's a tough one, isn't it? I think Yeah, you can't really answer that without having to just kind of power through it and yeah. keep playing. Yeah. I think with the Callista Protocol, because I was playing on playstation 5 as well i played most of it on playstation 5 basically and then i tested it on pc for a few hours um and i think because i had the ps5 code i could see like oh, okay well yeah there are issues with this game and also it is broken on pc yeah. i suppose it's quite handy in situations like that to have you know a functioning console built. yes yeah uh james how do you find it because you do a lot of testing um to do hardware stuff, yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to spoil the the hardware section uh, of, this, <laughs> of this of this podcast. I apologise. Yeah, no, no, spoil no, the beans. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's gotten worse lately. Um, I think in terms of the the frequency with which you get these games that have like major problems at launch. Um, even even though you can you know trace them back going. Uh, you know, ten years or more, like with like with SimCity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I'm not always super um, sympathetic. Um, I, I know. I know the. I know these are. You know, 
works of art and a lot of people worked hard on them but if you are you're ultimately like selling a product and if if it's if it's busted that's you know, you, can't, you can't. You can. You can kind of expect people to com- to complain about that. Um, yeah. So sometimes you. Just, yeah. Sometimes you just get uh, games. Games like uh, Grand Theft Auto: The Trilogy hyphen. Oh yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the, defini- the definitive edition, uh, with its kind of like grotesquely malformed character models and its terrible AI upscale textures that break the signage in the game and the terrible performance. Is it like the um, nut that became a donut? <laughs> was it a nut that became a donut or a donut became a nut? It's one of the two, think, isn't it? <laughs> oh man. I, I remember I remember a sign that said like taste man meat became taste man heat. <laughs> and uh, guitar wank becomes guitar hank. Uh, yeah. Can't say anything these days. <laughs> <laughs> Get thrown in prison just for saying guitar wank. <laughs> These days, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you, sometimes you do get stuff that is just like rushed out of the door for not a very strong artistic purpose. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of it, it's it's maybe a bit kind of funny when those flop. Yeah, I um, suppose I like I feel I don't feel any uh sympathy for the executives and the machine that is forcing them out. I feel sorry for maybe like the low level, you know, coder yeah, yeah. or like, you know, oh yeah, like, artist and, and who has to like people who don't have any control over the fact that something yeah, exactly, might, need, yeah. might need to be always online or the fact that the shader compilation is broken. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. don't, don't yeah. take uh, I don't want to have misrepresented myself for my earlier comments. Uh, I enjoy laying into a bit of cynical phoned in bullshit as much as the next <laughs> reviewer. <laughs> There's plenty of it about. Uh, um, I wanted what? to talk about uh, Mass Effect 3 briefly. Well, there's two more games I want to talk about. I want to talk about Mass Effect 3 and get your thoughts on that. Uh, and also No Man's Sky, if you remember that launch. Um, so Mass oh Effect 3. God, yeah. Yeah, the Mass Effect Three wasn't broken when it came out. Mass Effect Three worked well, uh, and it wasn't. There were two things about it. First of all, it was the the last game where I remember people really kicking off about Day One DLC because there was a a bit of DLC called From Ashes that got you an extra companion who was like a sort of a kind of frog crossed with a beetle alien. Um, and some extra, you know, missions and stuff to do with him. Uh, and that was on, it was on the disc. It was already on the disc. They'd made it. They'd already made it. So you had to pay like a tenner to just unlock this, which is just greedy and unfair and kind of thing. And just, I remember all the kind of fuss about it. And t- can you imagine people <laughs> kicking off <laughs> about DLC now? Yeah, there's been quite a shift in the... I don't know, what's the DLC version of the Overton window? <laughs> People's expectations have changed. Yeah, there you go. So it's, it's a window that you have to pay to open. I think even with that specific example, people kind of, uh, not not warmed to it, but accepted it, um, I think like fairly quickly. Uh, it's because it wasn't going to change, when, you know. <laughs> Maybe the cat, the cat, the character himself is kind of treated in 
like current discourse about Mass Effect Three as being integral and mm. you know sh- it, it, it was it, it was a very very odd character to choose as a DLC character because having him yeah. around actually like it doesn't change the story but it provides some quite meaningful new perspective on aspects of the Mass Effect world and its history. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. But maybe that's why they chose Miss DLC because it's because it's worth getting him, you know. Yeah, but people yeah. people wouldn't have known that at launch. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um and then the other thing about it is I guess this was just a bit after launch. Uh but the the now famous Mass Effect 3 ending scandal in Oh god. Was, um <laughs> Because if you've not played Mass Effect, Mass Effect is one of the most, I would say, beloved trilogies in RPGs now. It's big sci-fi, space opera, RPG across, you know, yeah, three installments. My favorite is still Mass Effect 2. I believe most people would agree with me. Um, but Mass Effect 3, the whole thing is that it's um, it's about choices and moral choices and, you know, what you choose to do affects the story. Um, across all three games so a choice you make in the first game will have ramifications in the third one Um, the ending of Mass Effect 3 was also a choice Uh, but people got big mad about it really mad about it because it was the same choice no matter what else you did in the games oh that's not a pretty flowchart is it why? But not like that's the same with all games, really. They're all kind of the illusion of choice. Yeah, right. It's it's all about invisible bottlenecks. Basically, yeah. Uh, how could how could they have done it differently? Well, how were people demanding they should have done it? Why aren't, well, they why aren't there forty? <laughs> fa- why aren't there forty thousand different endings? By the way, yeah, exactly. It's see, talking about it now. It seems absurd. It seems absurd that people were so cross about it because it's a, you know they have a story. I suppose they um in Dragon Age they sort of get around that by having little like you know like at the end of the Great British Bake Off where it will be like Susan has started a cupcake business from <laughs> Swanage. They did that, but with like all the characters, so it would be like you know Cullen became a drug addict and died in filth because of your choices. Um, <laughs> Uh, and they didn't do that in Mass Effect 3. It was just like the ending. Uh, and people hated it. And they made... God, they didn't shut up about it for what felt like a long time. Uh, and so they changed the ending. I didn't realise they'd actually... Wow, I, I I knew about all of the, the roaring. I didn't know they'd actually changed it. it uh, I don't want to be... Pernickety. They didn't really change the ending so much as expand it, so that you so that you now have like a scene that shows. Oh, here's what happened to Tally, etc. Yeah, um, I suppose we, they added like some cutscenes. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they basically they added they added some cutscenes and and kind of like a Bake Off thing, um, sort of in between. Say like the final choice and the actual like the very 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 ending, which I believe yeah. was which I believe was was the same. Yeah, um, I actually, I, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm kind of the problem in a way. In, in <laughs> no, 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 no. I did, I did not, I did not post things on the internet. I did not 
sent angry emails to Bioware. I didn't even I didn't even mind the original ending that, that much. I thought it was like it was a bit too simple, but fine. Like I didn't get mad about it. Um, but when they did when they did release a new ending, I was like, "Yeah, this is better." So I'm kind of like, I can see it's, that it's it's, uh, it's conflicting to me. It's kind of like watching someone. It's kind of like watching someone get mugged, and then the mugger uses the stolen money to buy you a really nice ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Was it in the original ending? You got three choices and they're all they were sort of color coded so the the first choice is to destroy the reapers but that would also destroy your best robot friends because they're synthetic as well um the other choice is to like sort of unite everything and kind of make everything everyone becomes half robot yeah so everything is a bit synthetic um which is it i think that's what i chose because i was like this is bananas and then the second one is to kind of control the reapers so yeah, like you shepherd shepherd dies but their consciousness becomes uh some kind of reaper god yeah um i'm guessing that the canonical ending must be the destruction one because that's the only way that shepherd could survive to be in the tease for the new one or i don't know maybe they'll clone shepherd again they've done that before they can do it again <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they they added the extended cut DLC that uh, was a, a free thing to kind of um, to to wrap things up a little bit and and sort of make your changes, I suppose, feel a bit a bit different. I I get thinking it's better, but I'm just sort of in the camp that like you shouldn't capitulate to the <laughs> yeah, like it, it it sets a it sets a worrying precedent for. Hey, like harassing developers gets results. Yeah. 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 And it like in fairness, it hasn't I don't think anything else has done that. I don't think you know, people have kind of retroactively changed bits about the ending of their game because of fan pressure. But um I've been I've been thinking while we've been talking about this how much of an advantage a lot of sort of games in, in the you know in the genres I really like so sort of sandbox and grand strategy stuff what have you are kind of armored from a lot of these potential launch problems because mm. like paradox games for example whether rightly or wrongly there's this sort of meme about them that like they're ready for release by the time the sort of fifth or sixth DLC comes out. It's just universally acknowledged that what initially gets released is not going to be anything like what the game eventually looks like or what its best feature set looks like. And Stellaris is an amazing example of a game that I've put a huge amount of time into, but like never in one go because Stellaris is essentially an entirely new game every time they majorly update it. Like, you know, the basic rules of it get changed fundamentally. Mm. So it is essentially a mechanically totally different 4X game every time you open it up, if you agree with yourself only to play every 18 months. <laughs> and like, it's never entirely satisfying, but it's always completely fucking genius. Um, so they'll, I don't know if they'll ever get the formula right with that game, but it's always worth keeping around and playing. <laughs> But like, you know, because they always do something incredibly clever and interesting and fun with it. 
even if they break the other half of the game in the process. Well, the, I mean, this sort of leads into the one I was going to talk about, which is No No Man's Sky. Did either of you play No Man's Sky? I was I was a you know rush out and get it on launch day because I was so excited. Yeah. Ooh. What about you, James? Uh, no, the first time I played it was uh, late last year, I think. For a... oh, interesting. Okay, this is good then. <laughs> but but so only, you... only only for only for the purposes of testing a Nvidia upscaling thing. <laughs> they put it. Well, the version that James played would have had, I believe, nineteen updates uh, compared wow. to the version that you first played, version one point Nate, when it released. What was your experience of playing it? Emptiness. Um, just loneliness. Mm. I thought, in a way, it was a great game about space because space is massive and depressing. But that's not really what I want to do with a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> 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 no man, no guy is yeah, like a space exploration sim that was really heavily hyped in a way that not many games have been since. Like your man went on the Colbert Report. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was proper. I like, have made the waters be silent. Level hubris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really, really hugely hyped. But you know, all this emergent kind of, uh, you know, generation of planets and all that kind of stuff. And then it came out and was yeah, a lot more empty than and a and a lot. It was it was less feature rich, and there was a lot of focus on like crafting and you know mining and stuff. Well, yeah, there um, were just ugly crystals scattered around the ground that you had to sort of wobble a laser at and do that a <laughs> hundred million times in order to have yeah. enough to make a space donker. And it had yeah. like it really hyped up the animals as well that it had procedurally generated beasts. Yeah, the results were either just de- depopulated planets or sort of staggering atrocities. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like someone had brought three-year-old's doodles to life. Uh, but that, I mean, it could have destroyed the game, but they, the Hello Games kept at it and, yeah, updated it 19 times. All all of the updates have names like a, you know, a series or a spin-off of Star Trek. So they're all called, let me scroll here, Foundation, uh Pathfinder, Next, All Caps, Beyond, Living Ship, oh, yeah. Desolation. There's even Next Generation in there. Those naughty, 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 naughties. I didn't realise they'd done that. Sentinel, Outlaws. They're all they're all they're all sort of very space space themed, space adjacent, very trekky. Um have you been playing it since, Nate? Have you played it this year? Yeah, I had a little go last year. Um, I had a look for some fish and had a little party in a friend's freighter, which I thought was quite cool. I have to say, it still it still didn't grab me for more than a few hours, but I think that might have just been walking into someone else's MMO. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was very impressed, certainly. I just think it's interesting how No Mask Guy is an example of how goodwill was sort of won back and it's got a really dedicated community and you know they've continued to support it when it could have it could have very easily been one of those games that just gets sort of ditched whoever managed to keep morale together at hello like should be made like king of the army (laughs) (laughs) 
or the Samaritans or something. Like, you know, they must be a really charismatic person to have kept everyone through that. Like, genuinely, nothing but respect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, may have helped that uh, it's self-published, right? Hello, Hello Games publishes, publishes it as well. Um, yes. So, so they, they probably didn't have someone, uh, you know, going on an earnings call and saying, well, we got we got good feedback about the spaceships, but otherwise it was very <laughs> otherwise it was very challenging. Sales were lackluster. Uh, yeah, and it, but it, I think it was Sony that was doing a lot of the the hype and getting him on TV and stuff. I well, believe. yeah, because it was really tied in. Have was that around PS4 launch, or that was a while after? Uh, I've got a feeling it was. When 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 did the PlayStation? <laughs> Yeah, because it, it it wasn't on Xbox for a couple of years after. But because um, I, I I got a PS4 to play No Man's Sky. Like I'm a root. I'm a mark. Like I'm a yeah. I got got bad. <laughs> I, no, think, I think a few years after the PS4 launch, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm just wasn't, looking it up now. PlayStation Four was 2013, so it was three years after. Actually, it so, makes sense. I'm way too cheap to ever buy a new console. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember it being quite a big thing for Sony. I wonder what the conversations with Sony were like <laughs> after the launch. But, um, but no, they, they I feel I really feel for them because I feel, you know, there was the, the big promises they made. They were very much being set up to make, um, mm. you know, and when when you're being gassed up by. Well, not a publisher in this case, but, you know, a, a big partner. Um, it probably was, you know, a lot easier to say anything was possible uh, than not mm. everything was possible. But, you know, I'm guessing at politics I have no knowledge of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the Peter Molyneux school of talking about video games. <laughs> <laughs> What's he up to these days? There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm guessing it involves NFTs. Oh, my God, you're so right. Oh, Pete would be right. He'd be well on top he'd of NFTs. Into NFTs. Gross. He'd, be, he'd be the vanguard. Got his own ape. Got his own <laughs> ape. Got his own ape. Um, oh, black should... and white, but your creature is a bored ape. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's just me emitting my own spleen in horror. <laughs> They're all, like your captain's hat and a cigarette. <laughs> roaming around the world and picking up tiny people and oh. throwing them. <laughs> but, the it's a, it's it a, but it's an ape. <laughs> oh, God. We should move on to talk about what we've been playing because we've, we've run on a bit. We've been so engrossed talking about launches. Oh, yeah. So, Nate, what have you been playing this week? Uh, so, well, obviously there's um, the Horizon Zero Dawn, um, and that's actually been most... I, I played a bit of World Box this week. I had a big update yesterday, which is oh, a, yeah. the Sandbox God Simulator. I've only had a few minutes with the new stuff on it, because um, just by chance I picked it up um, just before the weekend, and then this, this update came out yesterday. Um I think it's got potential. I, it really reminds me of like days I spent in my early teens playing stuff like Sim Earth and Sim Life. Yeah. Um, 
And like visually, it's not dissimilar. And it's that thing of, yeah, scattering things in a Petri dish and watching them baste each other, which is good. But I don't know, maybe I haven't spent enough time with it, but I'm finding it's quite limited so far, which is at odds with sort of the amount of YouTube content I've seen about it and, and stuff like that. Um, I I really like it as sort of like a screensaver on my second screen. I love just like plopping down a shitload of orcs and then seeing what happens, you know. Uh, yes, I like doing that as well. I I had a big orcs orcs v dwarves world, which was quite fun. I, but yeah, you're I wrote, absolutely right. It's like an it's like a interactive toy, isn't it? Yeah. I when I, I haven't played it for a while. When I first wrote about it, I used the there's a map that looks like a dragon, so I put some humans up on the the top corner. Uh, some elves and then some dwarfs sort of uh, around the tail area and then just put a load of orcs in the middle. The orcs had the most space, so they created like a huge kind of scorched earth. They like used up all the resources and there were like a few nice cities around the centre and then just a load of like hovels and tents. Uh, The humans got on all right uh, because they were on a little archipelago um, and just grew at a steady pace. Uh, and the orcs wiped out all the elves and uh, dwarfs apart from one little settlement of dwarfs that were sort of hidden behind the mountain and it was just a a, a, a little settlement of like 30 really old dwarfs gradually dying out <laughs> you find yourself really rooting for like like odd little enclaves that have survived from yeah. previous eras like it's it's cool like that like yeah I think it just, all that game needs, in my opinion, is just a few more tools for, like, making the stories it's telling more visible. Mm. No, agreed. unless you want to sit and click, it's kind of got, like, OG Dwarf Fortress syndrome in that to really find out the richness of what it's doing, you have to interrogate individual entities on the map. Which, you know, if you're just in the vibe of sitting there watching a world create and destroy itself, you might not be that inclined to do. So Mm. I think all it needs is like, if it had some sort of big dialogue boxes come up saying, oh, uh, you know, someone just betrayed someone else or someone has become a lich or whatever, just to, Mm. to point your attention at the interesting things it's doing. I think it could, yeah, it could be a lot more fun. Lovely. James, you can't talk about what you've been playing. Is that right? <laughs> uh, no, no. I, there's, um, I've also been playing uh, the Entropy Center, oh. uh, which was gifted to me by my friend Roland. Thank you, Roland. It is a very portal-esque first-person puzzle game. But instead of having a magic gun that shoots portals, you have a magic gun that rewinds objects through time. Oh, crikey. Ooh. So mo- mo- usually this is used to progress through these very self-contained puzzle rooms. Uh, a la portal. Uh, so, for example, if you have to cross three big gaps and you only have one bouncy, springy jump pad, you pick up and move the pad and place it in the reverse order between each gap where it needs to be. And then when you shoot it with your time gun, it rewinds the pad so that it moves between each gap in the order that you need to jump on it. I hope, wow. that, ma- I hope that makes sense. I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's, ult- it's, uh, it's it's ultimately about manipulating objects in an environment uh, to mm. progress through puzzle rooms. Uh, and there are a lot of these, but they're broken up by them by some surprisingly good action slash set piece sequences uh, where, you, where you're still using the gun. You might be rewinding uh, like a falling pillar so it doesn't crush you. 
Um, oh, or, I see, I see. Or yeah, my yeah. favorite thing, which is like standing on a collapsed bridge and then re- rewinding it so it uncollapses and lifts you up into the air on top of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, there's even some combat bits. Uh, the the like sci-fi facility you're in, um, they have these cute, cute little almost dog-like robot assistants, uh, but they turn on you and they shoot energy balls. Uh, but you can just rewind them, uh, and they they fly but fly right back and blow them up. Oh, lovely! And, uh, credit credit to how satisfying this feels because my mindset did immediately switch from, "Oh, there's these little droids are so cute." To yeah, have it, you little shits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm only I'm only about halfway through, but it's very good so far and super ambitious. For what I understand is a one man dev team. Oh, cool! Not counting the voice actors. Um, yeah, so uh, it's Chapin, Chapin Brighton, I believe. Oh, lovely job. What's it called again? Uh, the Entropy Center. Nice, that sounds yeah. fun. Yeah, that, sound that, fun. That, there's actually, uh, I'm bringing this to you with a slight element of guilt, because I I wrote about the Entropy Center on the site um, last year for, I think, a Steam Neckfest roundup, um, like I tried the demo. Mm. Um, I said it was like, oh yeah, this is, this is really interesting. And then just kind of forgot about it until well after it had already come out. Oh, look, there's so many games. I think so. It, like I am now on this podcast putting things right by saying the Entropy Center is cool <laughs> and the is cool and fun and smart. Uh, Gosh, we're all being incredibly like reflective on our sins as reviewers. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. but, like if you're a dev listening to this, like, we, and we've you know not covered your game, we've forgotten about it. We're really sorry, but we like genuinely, if we could write about everything cool we see we could but there are so many games that are cool yeah i want to say we the are record, a pirate quartermaster was a fucking work of art and i never <laughs> got around to saying so uh, uh i have been playing uh the final fantasy dlc for power wash simulator <laughs> 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 It's very good. I just like power washing, man. I just like it. Um, you basically, I guess, you get a text and they're from like the Shinra Electric, and they're like, "Can you come and clean our stuff?" Um, I don't really know. I've not played Final Fantasy Seven. Um, I've played some of it, but I haven't. I've not really got a big, you know, love you have to for wash it. Goku's big sword. Yeah, it's in. You wash the bar, and and it's there. And, and I'm washing all this stuff, and you know, Shinra get you to wash some of their big murder machines because I don't. I think it's happening like concurrently with stuff that happens in Final Fantasy VII because you wash like a big uh, fountain or something that's all covered with stuff, and I think it like it's the aftermath of a battle that you have in the game. I don't know. Is that the game because- with the dad whale? No, that's ten. Oh, forget about it. Forget about. It. I'd wash the dad whale. We <laughs> got a lot of barnacles, um, but yeah, because I don't know anything about Final Fantasy. I'm experiencing it secondhand, but I'm just standing there, sort of like sucking through my teeth, me just you know, listen, your tripod death robot. It's really, it's going to be a bigger job than I quoted, mate. This is, <laughs> you know, like. Do you sort of soft role play while you're playing? Like, do you have yeah, a bit, yeah. an alternate Alice who is a professional power washer? Who's oh, sort of you slip into. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I'm I'm cleaning a robot at the moment that's got hands, like big hands. They're really tough, man. There's the dirt gets right in there in the joints. 
It's difficult. <laughs> oh, does it like build up in the crevices? That's Do cool. you need a special attachment for robot joints? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it all it's properly everywhere. And you need to approach it from different angles. You got the uh the ladders to climb up, you know. It'll expand the clunge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they articulate as well. You can open like parts of the robot to get so it's great. Um I can't so believe how good you are at selling this game, Lunch. <laughs> genuinely, it's I I it's it's a really good game and it has lore. I know I've said this many times before, but the main story of Power Wash Team is very compelling. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's free DLC. It's the second free DLC um, after the Team Raider one. Uh, I do not know if there will be more, but that is what I've been playing this week. Let us move on to James's a good a good wear. <laughs> A good day to wear. Wear hard. hard. I'll, I'll get it right one day. <laughs> so rather than any specific hardware, um, I, I guess we can kind of continue uh, the bad game launch chat. Um, or, at least, or at least something that tangentially ties into it. Because um, in the past few weeks, there has been, I think, a peculiarly peculiarly high number of games that are launching on PC with either very high system requirements, outright bad performance, or a combination of the two. Uh, games like Space's Choice Edition, Forspoken, uh, Cabal Space Program 2, that was dog shit, uh, Wild Hearts, so on. Uh, I'm absolutely not saying there's a conspiracy or, you know, rah-rah, why do developers hate PC? But it is kind of, <laughs> it's kind of getting to the point where you can you can't say any specific game is just a one-off. So my mm. question to you two as seasoned PC owners is, do you think we are, do you think this is a just a temporary happenstance that things about at the moment, or are we returning to the age of, say, the late 2000s, where it was the age of the bad PC port? So if I can just clarify... There's a lot of very hungry cowboys coming into town, but they've got very small mouths. <laughs> in, is the cowboy no, you the, the you PC game? <laughs> yeah, they can only eat one bean at a time. They're like anteaters and they're enraged by it. <laughs> I My instinct would be it's because we're at the the generational crossing point. Um, is is that where developers know how to get the most out of consoles, but yeah. maybe not PC hardware? That is what I am thinking. Because if you're a developer, you've got your PS5, you want it to work on the PS5. It's got mm. high specs, but you know how to work it on the PS5 because it's fixed. PCs have a lot more variables, and there'll be a lot of people that have lower specs and haven't you know, upgraded, especially because of the beans shortage <laughs> previously discussed in terms of like getting new graphics cards and things so i imagine yeah a lot of developers are still they're designing uh, for ps5 first console first right and then yeah and then sort of like freaking out a bit <laughs> <laughs> well not freaking out a bit but just it's harder to design something that will work well on the variety of pcs that are out there yeah at the moment. yeah that would be my instinct uh, and and my semi-sensible sounding <laughs> insight <laughs> onto that. And unfortunately, since what you've just said 
encompasses and indeed exceeds my entire understanding um, of you know the the the, the the development industry as a whole. I'm just stuck thinking about very large cowboys with very small mouths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, if it, if the if the mouth is small, then it doesn't matter how big the can of beans is. This is it. Can you only? That's it. And it's some of the time. best beans around right now. There's a bottleneck. But, yeah, that's the problem. It's like uh, yeah, if a giant squid eats anything larger than a very tiny chunk um it will it'll, it'll do its brain in uh, it's a so its brain is a donut shape around its esophagus so if it swallows anything too large it literally gives itself brain damage what? that's what these cowboys are like <laughs> what was evolution thinking oh it's what very if- silly isn't it <laughs> oh my god yeah, yeah no check that- out a squid's brain sometime it's toric Oh God! Um, I, I will now. <laughs> is, is that what you think, James? Do you think it's a temporary sort of thing, or or do we just get bad PC ports now? Um, I'm I'm concerned that this might just become the new normal because while while there is you know pe- people kick up a fuss, like maybe including me when I write a a mean story about it, but ultimately it's just it. I mean it just it just keep it just keeps happening, and it's it. It did happen maybe a lot more, like a few years ago, and it never really had any significant, um, like direct mm. um, adverse effects. Really, um, yeah. Speaking not, seriously, it, I suppose I'd be interested to know what proportion of sales PC ports make up, and where yeah, like that. I imagine, I imagine what kind quite, of genres that's higher. You know, yeah, I imagine it's usually quite small compared to consoles. The other, the other thing is. We pe- people who people who like exclusively play on PC will sometimes indulge in this kind of like when it, like when a new console comes out. Oh, this this console is so weak. Like my PC is already more powerful. Um, the f- the fact is that today's consoles are a lot more powerful than a lot of still very very widely used older PC hardware. Like I yeah. think one of like I think one of the one of the most popular graphics cards, uh, according to like Steam hardware surveys, is like the GTX 1060, which came out like it's closer to ten years old now than five. That's I what think. I've got in my PC, I think. Yeah. So um, you know, still still being used. It's a big um, strong boy. Yeah. Um, but evidently not enough to comf- like really comfortably handle. Uh, the games that are now being developed for the PS5 and the Series X. So, yeah, it, I guess I guess it does come back to the difficulties in developing for lots of different hardware at once. But at the same time, that's always been the case, and it hasn't mm. always been. There haven't always been this many games that struggle. So, what you're saying uh, is that as PC gamers, maybe we'll just have shit games forever now. Uh. Possibly. <laughs> PC games. And on that highly optimistic note, um, that's the end of <laughs> the data warehouse. No <laughs> more beans for you, cowboys. <laughs> All right, lovely. Uh, let's head into the Tower of Jocularity, Nate, for a quick a quick game, a quick infernal. Oh yeah, game. this is gonna be quick and nasty. Welcome. 
to physical one million. Oh, God. (laughs) One million terrifyingly fit people are charging at you across a darkened plane. Yeah. Uh, They're going to rip you apart. There's one million of them. Oh, my God. Um, This is is already way more sinister than the television show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're going to be very polite. They're going well, to they do it. They're going to bow and say, "I'm afraid it's you who must be dismembered." Um, <laughs> then they will dismember you. So we are in a crisis situation. Okay. Uh, there's not much time to explain. Uh, I'm going to start a five minute timer, and I'm going to uh, read down a list of the best, most best selling PC games of all time. All you have to do is tell me what year they came out in. Oh God. Uh, okay. Okay. If you get it within a year either side, yeah. I will press a button uh, that will trigger explosives on a random number between one and 200, and, and, sorry, one and 400,000 extremely fit attackers. Okay, <laughs> so it's a game of chance and it's a game of skill. This but- is some real jigsaw shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a race against time. The athletes are, are gaining on you. The timer starts now. Okay. Uh, PUBG. Oh, shit. 2018. Uh, it was December 20th, 2017. Nice. Uh, 2017, you have annihilated 250,600, 460 oh, yeah. bodybuilders. Oh, nice so that's work, good. James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A quarter yeah. of them gone already. Okay. Minecraft with 33 million sales. Oh, God. Oh, 2009. I said eight, but yeah, go, 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 go. 2009. Ah, uh, no, that was the uh, the beta. The full release was 2011. The oh, bodybuilders are unharmed. You didn't specify. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> keep so going, keep going. We've only got five minutes. Too. Come on, Terraria come on. with 23 million sales. Oh, uh, 2011? Oh, is that way too late? I don't know. I, I think, oh, it's 2002. I thought it would have been too early. No. I think, no. Yes. Ooh, 2011. 2011. You're correct. Yes. You have annihilated <laughs> 326,728 bodybuilders. God, this is quite good for this our is... cred as well, that we can just know Terraria's release date. <laughs> <laughs> Diablo 3 with 20 million sales. Oh, uh... I should know this because there was a big hoo-ha about it. Yeah, um, I want to another say like, bad, another bad game launch. Uh, still forty three thousand <laughs> ultra athletes sprinting at you. I want to say like seventeen or we eighteen. We will destroy you with our fists. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Wrestling right. is a brilliant sport. <laughs> sorry, Diablo 3 fans. Okay, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. For Diablo three, it was twenty twelve. Was it? What? hundred thousand bodybuilders have run into the fray. I'm sure I reviewed it. That's meant okay. Carry Diablo on. Diablo three, May fifteenth, two thousand and twelve. Oh, jeez. Life goes fast. Yeah, it does. Gary's mod. Oh, oh. no! Oh. Ah, this is oh, tough. This two, is a real tough. Um, two thousand and your time is half eclipsed. It was ah. Oh, it was before the orange box, I think. When was the orange box? 2007. 2005? So, 
I'm going to send you home to eat chicken breast. Let's go. Let's go. Oh five. Let's go. Oh five. It was 2006. Well, well done, done, James. Oh. You have obliterated a further 261,000 bodybuilders. Okay, great. Okay. Okay, only uh, only 42,000. No, no, sorry. Uh, 22,000 remain. You're doing great. Oh, wow. uh, World of Warcraft. Oh. Easy. 14 million uh, times. Uh, it's citation yeah. needed. I, I'm, it's 2000 and something like 2002 maybe is that way too early maybe 2004 one minute 45 remains good old game two 2004 sounds right let's go 04 and it is yes you destroyed another 155,000 extremely fit people oh shit there's less than 10,000 going for you now okay okay euro truck simulator 2 you've still got a minute and a half Euro Truck Simulator no. Jesus. No, no, I'm no. out. Can we skip? Can we skip that? <laughs> okay, Stardew Valley. Oh, um, oh God. That feels like a, a 2010s. Um, it's only eight and a half thousand athletes going for you now. <laughs> oh, God. What do you reckon, James? <laughs> I can't think under these conditions. Stardew um, Valley, I have, well, I have no I idea. smell the sweat. smell the sweat. It's definitely a 2010s. Um, um, oh God. Oh, uh, 2015. 20... It was 2016. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. You've annihilated all of the uh. strongest people in Korea. Oh. I hope you feel good about yourself. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, what's this? Two are staggering to the podium. They've got up there, and they're, they're, there's a spotlight on you now, and you each have to answer one question for your life. Oh no, okay. James. Yeah. <laughs> I will be sending you home in a coffin if you can't tell me the year Half Life was released. The original Half Life. The original Half Life, yeah. No, sorry. Sorry, Half Life 2. Apologies. Oh, Wikipedia's fault, not mine. 2004. Yes, correct. You um you slammed the head off. It's appalling. Um Alice. Yeah. Uh, I need you to tell me when The Witcher 3 World Hunt came out. Oh, God. Otherwise, I'll use my immense biceps to annihilate your legs. Christ, (laughs) when did that come out? Uh... He's doing his leg annihilation stretches. Uh, Jesus. 2016. May 19th, 2015. It's close uh, enough. He kicks uh, you very hard in one of your knees, but you'll be okay in an hour or so. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> well done on surviving. Good job. Do, does oh, he, now, ha- does he now have to destroy an uh, effigy of himself? No, he has to destroy uh, a giant cube one piece at a time until it reveals Peter Mullen's <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I did. I did very quietly look it up, and Peter Molyneux is indeed working on a blockchain game that yeah! sells oh! NFTs and has been doing so for for years now. <laughs> uh, we actually we actually wrote about it. It's called Legacy. Oh, Molyneux! It sounds champion. Right, let's get out of this tower. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sorry to the people of Korea. <laughs> you didn't specify that they were all Korean. <laughs> well, no, actually, there were like some German guys and stuff as well. Okay, yeah. The it's German like guy is, is intense, isn't he? In physical He's an hundred- actual blood angel from Warhammer 40k. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, let's get out of it. Right. Uh, all that remains now is to do recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Uh, Nate, what are you recommending this week? I'm recommending Beast, uh, the film uh, where Idris Elba is pitted against an inc- astonishingly convincing CGI lion. Um, really fun movie. Uh, it, it, it's your classic 90s threatened by creatures feature. Oh, lovely. Um, Almost follows the same beats as Jurassic Park, like minute for minute. Uh, yeah, it just sets out to do exactly what it comes in to do. And you get to see Idris Elba uh, having a wrestle with a lion. Mm. Is it a convincing looking lion? Look, oh, you did yeah. say, yeah. It's, it's incredible. Re- oh, I mean, yeah. does what it says on the tin, beast. Lovely, because cocaine, the, the bear in Cocaine Bear is not a hugely convincing bear, if we're being oh, honest. That, that but... film looks total dog shit it's no uh, it's wow well wow. <laughs> <laughs> so someone told me last week it was very good it's, <laughs> I'm, it's it is good it's fun it doesn't have enough cocaine bear in it it's, that's the thing it's it's got way too many characters and only one of them is cocaine, it's a cocaine bear. Bear. there's a really good stretch of about 40 minutes in the middle where it eats a lot of people oh okay um, but it, it's it's basically a bit too much of a heartwarming story about family where Margot Martindale gets eaten in the middle. Like it's it's is it like Peter Jackson's King Kong, which is literally the perfect movie if you only count the middle hour of dinosaur fights? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I am going to recommend this week uh, Scream Six. I think it is that we're on. Mm. Um, new Scream. Very fun, very gruesome deaths, a uh, bit of a whodunit, some lovely uh, red herrings in it. Very good classic kind of, yeah, classic style slasher. Um, there's a bit in it where Ghostface jumps over a sofa and it goes like, <laughs> like he's fucking Batman. It's great. <laughs> Recommend seeing it for that alone because <laughs> me and my mate Darren both pissed ourselves in the cinema when it happened. There you go. Um James, what are you going to recommend this week? Uh, I'm making uh, the second Idris Elba recommendation of the week. It's oh, wow. um, for Luther, the Fallen Son on Netflix. Uh, I've, I've seen this getting some flack for it essentially being just a feature length episode of Luther, the BBC series. Uh, but but that's, what's wrong with that? You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I wanted. Um, I can absolutely sit and watch Idris Elba doing uh, bent copper things. On a relatively small scale for an entire film's length, um, it does not have it does not have him fighting a lion, but it does uh, have him, it does, it does it does have him, it does have him fighting Andy Circus, who has just the most incredible quiff I've seen in I've seen in <laughs> I've seen in cinema. Gollum has done so well for himself. I'm really proud of him. Functionals. <laughs> I like the idea that Andy Circus is like. Gollum, like Gollum's alter ego, that Gollum's yeah, Gollum reinvented himself. Got himself together. <laughs> He's got himself together. Just up straight. Got hair plugs. Went to the gym. Peter Jackson gave him that break, and he has been golden. 
<laughs> we just need someone to believe in us. Fabulous. Thank you very much for great recommendations there. And thank you for listening uh, this week to episode seven, series two of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. We really appreciate you listening. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or feedback, you can email us podcast at rockpapershotgun.com or you can join the Discord. The link is in the show notes. And you can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok by searching Rock Paper Shotgun. Or, for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it's goodbye from me. It is goodbye from Jams Usher. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> and it's goodbye from Nate. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.